Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles. I am your congested hostess with the mostest. Max here, Drake there, and we are going to talk about Florida State football today. Jadarius Green McKnight has entered the transfer portal, so we'll talk about that. What does it mean for the team in the short term? And what does it say about the transfer portal type stuff in the long term? We're also going to get to a few other topics. We have like five or six in our head right now, and we're not sure which ones we're going to cover. So, Drake, I think that we're going to get the folks to steal from Locked on ACC a freestyle Friday. Play the video, and let's rock and roll. You'll be hearing from me and Kansas attorney soon, which is me. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dude, I am so congested. And you know what's annoying? Hear that? I can breathe through my nose just fine. I can breathe through my mouth just fine. It's like deep in the recesses. I don't know what's going on, but I hope that by the time the folks are listening to this, it's gone. Enough about me, Drake. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm all packed up and ready to go. I'm going to a wedding actually in the Atlanta area. Though I actually probably, I think I texted you about and a I'll month ago. I'm going to be there. Yeah. You'll be down here. Yeah. We kind of, you know, we didn't dot, dot, dot our eyes and cross the T's to make a trip, but uh, I'm actually very excited. I haven't actually been up there in a very, very long time. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a great, great wedding. Shout out to Janie. Jadarius Green McKnight has announced he's going to transfer from Florida State University. And I think that this comes right on the heels of exit interviews. So, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say he was told he should leave, but we have been told that the scholarship count is currently full. And the only way to unfill it is to have a few folks transfer out, which will open some room for some folks to transfer in. We know that this staff knows they need to take kids in the portal. And now we're seeing a former four-star recruit who hasn't seen much playing time at all at Florida State decide to transfer out. It's just if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. It's probably a duck, right? Like you got to think the staff eased him out the door here. No, basically, probably the conversation is like probably he comes in the office and like, oh, Jadarius, how's it going? You know, how's everything going with classes and everything else? And then like, so listen, you made the transition over to, from safety to linebacker in mm-hmm. the past year. Now you've talked to players who went through this process. So you have like some pretty firsthand accounts of what these off-season practice exit interviews look like? I mean, more so than most of us. Yeah, basically what the coach is going to do is like they do, they don't do it from what's recently happening. They, have, they t- basically take up uh, your entire resume and your history actually at the school and on the team from day one you set up put on campus until probably the day before when basically the day before the interview. So probably Jadaris was told that you made the transition over summer from safety to linebacker. I think it was very, you know, kind of you to do that because you know you want more playing time. You know our depth was hurting at that position. But unfortunately, as you know, we brought in Tatum Bethune, Candle just coming on, and we see also DJ Lundy, other players who as well kind of like going better with the depth chart overall. So like right now, it appears like right now you're you might not be getting as much or if at all playing time aside from special teams. So that probably is basically a nice way of saying you're never gonna play here. That's probably kind of how my understanding of it is how it usually goes. Yeah, and and here's the thing, man. I don't trust the staff with a ton right now, but I do trust them with player evaluations because they can't afford to be wrong. Like, maybe that's a bad maybe that's a bad road to go down. But I have to think they're trying their absolute best right now. And if they're gonna say, if they're gonna push a kid out 
I am going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to agree with that because Mike Norvell didn't want to play Jordan Travis, but he did. And now he's letting him be QB one because he knows like the only thing more important than what Mike Norvell wants is winning football games. So I really don't think this is like a huge loss. I know it'll seem like one, you know, on paper, but the point, like, how do you feel? Because to me, our linebacking core sucked. So if you're not seeing playing time in that linebacking core, I'm really not going to be that upset about you leaving. It just sucks, man, because primarily, like, I loved his tape as a safety come out of high school. But then, like, I felt that that he was someone that should have made the transition from safety to linebacker maybe a little early because he was he was that big. And to me, this is just more that you're so far behind the eight ball learning the fundamentals of being a linebacker that you've only been in that position for basically maybe around a year because I think he didn't change until last spring. So to me, overall, like, it, it isn't a loss because he probably wasn't going to play any games this year, honestly. But, like, potential-wise, it kind of – it's more that it bums me out because he, he was like really, really like had a really good tape. Seemed like a really, really good kid too. And to me, he's probably not the only one that we'll see hit the portal actually probably the next few days. Cause then I think exit interviews actually just ended this past week. Yeah. And look, we we're not in the business of publishing lists of kids who are going to transfer. That's just not, um, that's not what we do. So I don't want to go down that road, Drake. How do you want to have this conversation? Because I, I do think fans want to hear about it. So you know, we are your favorite Florida State sports talk show. So I don't want to I don't want to ignore the topic, but I don't want to start listing kids out. So I guess maybe let's do a number. How, how many kids do you think in the next? What do they have till May 4th, I think, to transfer? I think May 1st is the last, is the last time. You guys put, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. It's, it, no, it's May 4th. It put your name in the portal, but you can transfer after that. Yes. To, yeah. Right. So we'll find out in the next 10, 13 days or so, 14 days. Um, no, nine plus four, 13, 13 days. How many kids are going to enter the portal? But how, how many do you think we should expect to see? Just you don't have to say names, just ballpark numbers. So I'm trying to already think of the kids that are already in there. Uh, Corey Ren being one, Hunter Washington, which was kind of a surprise to me. Jadarius Green, I another one. Corey Ren, that's four. Uh, I, uh, you got Ren twice, I think. I think you got Ren twice there. Damn, yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, three. yeah, three. So three. So to me, I think overall, you might see five more. Um, I think five more kids are probably going to exit the portal because we're right now we're seeing that the 2021 class, while it was the first full year of recruiting under Mike Norvell, he didn't have the full year to kind of evaluate, pick his kids out. Right. Right. So right, overall, right. like it's the evaluation is probably going to be a lot more hit and miss. And it seems like a lot more of it's going to be the missing variety. And there's just like kids that like folks, I don't have to name names, but if you look at the two deep right now, look, look to see yeah. who's not on there. And if they're an upperclassman, like say maybe a junior or a senior, go somewhere else and play. That's actually where you get to, where you actually where you get playing time because your time is almost up actually because the COVID year, you also actually COVID years are almost already gone. So yeah, well, and follow the age of the kids below them, right? So for me, I'm not I, I probably eh, whatever. So you, look, it's no doubt, it's no secret that Azaria Thomas and Sam McCall are both pushing for playing time at the cornerback and the safety position. So I wouldn't be shocked if you see another cornerback go. I think you'll see one more safety enter the transfer portal right there. Because when you have kids that are true freshmen pushing for playing time, upperclassmen who are already second stringers are not going to sit there to get jumped by true freshmen. So I would bet good money. You see a cornerback go, you see a safety go. Tatum Bethune came in and Jadarius Green McKnight went. I think you probably see two more offensive linemen go. And I think that the, the staff is at the point where there are certain offensive linemen on this roster that, it really doesn't matter how badly you need depth because you're at the point now where 
the guys you'll get from the transfer portal can't possibly be worse. So you might as well try to push them out and bring someone else in. Um, I've got three guys in mind there, but I'll see two of them end up transferring. So I'm at four because I, I can't, uh, do you have another position? I can't think of another position you, 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 you rotate someone out at. Uh, defensive line. Interesting. Okay. Well, can't wait to hear about that. But folks, let me tell you something you can't wait to hear about. And that's Bill Bar. If you haven't been eating them, what have you been doing? Folks, Bill Bar is delicious. It's nutritious. And even if you don't like peeps, they've got all kinds of innovative products for you. They've got mushroom marshmallows, not mushrooms. They've got Bill Bar pop puffs things. I don't know. They got the little, the little candy size things. They're really good. They have all kinds of stuff. Guys, I eat regular Bilt Bar. Girls too. Everyone, I'm not. It's not gender exclusive. Whoever you are, you should be excited about 17 grams of protein, four grams of carbs, and four grams of sugar. It's it's wonderful. Tastes like a candy bar. Hits like a protein bar. Go to built.com slash locked on and use. Actually, I don't think they have a slash. Go to built.com and use promo code locked15. And this company will actually give you 15% off. It's I know it's mind blowing. My mind's blown, but go to built.com promo code locked 15. All right, man, we've talked transfer portal, but let's talk positive portal. We've seen all kinds of questions, comments, concerns come in. If you want to leave one, by all means, please, in the comments, we love hearing from you. We like talking to you. And I think people have taken what we've talked about the past few days the wrong way because you and I work hard to contextualize things for people, to, to give people some perspective, to say, hey, here's where we are. But it doesn't always mean that's what we want to have happen or what we even expect to have happen. So I think we should talk about what we expect from the staff. Because yesterday we talked about the hot seat situation. And you can go back and watch that episode. And essentially what we said was Mike Norvell can't really get fired this year but he could very easily ensure he is fired the following year. However, I don't think we meant, and I know we didn't mean that he's going to do that this year because I was looking through it today. If y'all haven't heard it yet, cover three podcast does a summer school. It's pretty interesting. Bud Elliott has uh, all these folks on from two, four, seven from like different programs, you know, to talk about their summer or whatever. It's a daily thing now. And I was listening to NC State's, I listened to UNC's, and I just feel like this conference is probably the weakest it's been in the past half decade, which is interesting because we probably have the best quarterback roster we've had in two decades. Oh, yeah. I probably honestly would say that the ACC overall has the best QBs across the board and across the country. Unquestionable, in my opinion. If you look at full conference, top to bottom, the fact that Jordan Travis is, in your words, not mine, but I'll agree with you for the purposes of this segment, arguably the sixth or seventh best quarterback in your conference. I said bottom five. What's bottom? Okay, bottom five is ninth. Okay, okay, fine. Arguably bottom. I mean, there's, I think that's, let's meet in the middle here. He's arguably seventh or eighth in your conference. Stay at nine. Yeah, okay. We'll go to seventh. So seventh. But there's not another conference in the country where Jordan Travis is your seventh best quarterback. 63% completion percentage last year alone makes him like the third or fourth best in most conferences, right? And it's 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 crazy how good the quarterbacks are. But then you look at the conference as a whole, and you have lost so much defensive talent. 
Um, you look at NC State, they've lost their three leading tacklers from last year. You look at UNC, they've lost their both what both of their starting cornerbacks from last year and I think two of their starting linebackers. And it's just I as I'm listening to the summer school, I'm like, oh my gosh, this pattern is continuing across the board. And this was an ACC that we averaged like 29 points a game in last year. So optimistically, I feel like we should do better. And going back to our conversation last night, kind of the, the thesis statement of this whole thing is what we talked about off camera. Should we really be deflating the expectations? Not what we think could happen, but the what should happen, what we are going to hold you to of Mike Norvell just because of how much the team has sucked under him. You know what I no, mean? No, and that's kind of like, and that's kind of like, you know, I've said to you numerous times, like there's like a, a can win, should win and will win kind of thing. And to me, like that doesn't change when it comes to being how bad the team is primarily because one, this is the third year under Norvell, the year zero bullshit doesn't, doesn't fly with me anymore. I mean, that's everyone helped had to deal with COVID and you don't see Mel Tucker or Lane Kiffin or Dave Aranda so it's just using that as an excuse in the year two when all three of them won 10 plus games. So to me overall, like this yeah, is a but team, they, but they play an easy, Oh wait, SEC year. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was saying, well, but they don't they, beat their rival. Wait, he beat Michigan. Never mind. Go ahead. Your point's yeah. valid. Continue. Thanks. My, thanks my guy. Actually was pretty good. Pretty good for, for effect. But like, to me, like overall, like this is a roster talent wise can win nine games. Uh, Jordan gave us like a lot though. of like actually hope in some of those games. While I don't think he's a very good QB, he didn't actively lose us a majority of our games. He really, really didn't. A lot of it to me came down to his limitations, obviously, but it's also a lot of really, really poor coaching decisions. That's why to me, this game, this team should win eight, maybe seven. But to me, I'm at the, this team will win six based on how I've seen Mac Novell over three years, because for right now he has proved me nothing anymore, or maybe, maybe honestly, maybe even less than that. And this is where folks turn off the program and and that's okay. If you're still with us, we appreciate it, but it's, 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 we can do both. Right. And by both, I mean, we can one be realistic about what this team is likely to do because we're not sunshine and rainbows. When I say we should win eight games, I'm not saying we're going to, right. I should come home on time every night. But sometimes I get stuck at the office and I make it home an hour late and I get yelled at. Right. I it should happens. drink some water and have a belt bar instead of having this delicious, yeah. nutritious little crushed orange soda here. But I don't know who I get. I don't get yelled at by anyone and I don't even go to an office. So I don't know who that, what that analogy was about, but you get, it's just, it, it's your, it's your conscious, my guy. Let right. your conscious be your God. No, I feel, I don't, none of that's true, but you get the point. Anyway, we say this team, what they're going to do, what they could do. But like there was a time where just being Florida State meant you should win eight games. Like we're 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 remember 2015, like that was considered a down year. 2016 was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? The bare minimum was six or seven games. Like bare minimum, and then you knew you were gonna steal one or two. So you knew you were gonna win what six plus one or two. So like seven to nine games. Now we we just we it's it's almost like the I don't know why we're going down this rabbit hole, but it's almost like the sense of pride is gone. Like when we have our conversation last night about, oh, this could happen. Well, maybe we win eight. I think I'm actively having an epiphany where like, I'm not going to be excited if we win eight games. I'm just going to be like, yeah, no Sherlock. That's what you're supposed to do at Florida State University. You play in the ACC. 
And that's where people continually say that the standard is the standard. This is a program. This is a logo. This is a brand that continuously should be competing at the very bare minimum for conference championships. And then your skyline, your ceiling is being a national champion. Now, right now, we are fully aware that the team isn't great. The staff has been underperforming and isn't great either, either be on the field or on the recruiting trail. So we, so us expect them to win seven. That's great, but I'm not going to give you a pat on the back and a, you know a great job for simply doing what we expect you to do so, in the current state of the circumstances. So how do we word this better, right? Because it's like it, it, our words are going to get twisted and conflated here. But what I'm trying to say, and I think what you're trying to say is. This team should win six or seven games next year, maybe eight. But Florida State University should not ever be happy with less than nine wins. And I firmly believe that. It's almost like we're coddling Norvell a bit. We, uh, you, don't get me started on that. You know that I felt that the media and then also us on here at times too like kind of have handled him a little bit with, with baby gloves. And he's been on record saying that he doesn't like that. To me... The standard never changes, but your expectations are changing from a year-to-year basis. So to me, this is just basically expectations can always change, but the standard forever and ever remains the same. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, and I think I fully agree with that. And I think that it, it, it's one of those things we need to keep in mind as fans and as commentators going into next year of like, y'all can sit in our comments and say, well, this happened, that happened, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is you should never, and I mean never, lose more than four games at Florida State University. Plain and simple. You should never, and I mean never, not be in the title content, or sorry, you should never, and I mean never, not be in the competition for your conference at the start of October at Florida State University. And you should never, and I mean never, lose to teams like Wake Forest, Boston College, freaking Jacksonville State, et cetera, et cetera, at Florida State University. And, and, and I almost listened to our conversation yesterday, and I got like a little pissed off with ourselves because it's like we get so caught up in what this team is probably going to do because we've let piss poor expectations and piss poor results temper what we think we should be for the past five years. You know, I just think that's absurd. I, I listened to our conversation from yesterday. I don't think we were doing that. I think it's more that you can tell that neither of us is okay right now with the state of affairs. No one, I'm an extremely competitive person. Like, so are you. Uh, no one enjoys losing at all, period, especially when it's something that you really, really just overall were, you were just something good at. You were very, very good at this for a very, very damn long time. Not only were you good at you were the elite, the top of the top. So when you see something languishing, and you know their potential. Nothing makes me more mad than wasted potential. I saw it all the time when I was a kid and going up to high school, seeing my, you know, my former teammates. Some got drafted, you know, out of high school. Some went to college and got drafted after, afterwards. But then you see some kids, you and know. You chose not to play your senior. Oh, wait. Sorry. Oh, no. Yeah. Ask Aaron Cabrera what happened. No, I tore my hamstrings. Uh, I was trying to sit second base. It was not a, uh, not a good yeah, day. I tore, tore my hamstring up here. It's this one, this hamstring. No, nah, it's got a shape and old and fat. But no, what real, no, but basically, like you see what happens. Like nothing is worse than seeing wasted potential. We see it all the time. We get angry and frustrated when we see recruits, like, you know, hey, they, we got a bust there. You see in the pros right now, too, like with like whatever, who are the first, you know, 10 picks in the draft are uh, next week. Unfortunately, one of them's not going to pan out. And now you're basically, what could have been? 
those are the worst things when it comes to sports is just wasted potential overall because the window is always so small. And when you miss the window, you don't know when the next time you actually is going to be opened up. But hey, you know what you should do if you think you know who's going to miss the window? I don't know where betonline.net. Yeah, you should head on over to betonline.net and check out those season win totals, folks. They're going to have them up before you know it. And you can go to betonline.net. They will have the odds, the props, the lines. And if you think that someone is not going to live up to expectations, hammer the under on their win total. Do you think there's someone Vegas is sleeping on? Hammer the over on their win total. Drake, I can't wait for our win total spectacular. I'm salivating. I'm excited for it. It's not today. But it'll be soon. So, folks, head on over to betonline.net and use promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.net, where the game starts. So, that was depressing. But hey, man, let, let's do a fun exercise. I like to do this exercise with people, especially in business where, where you have two possible outcomes and you want them to pick one, but you need to make them believe it. And I would like to ask you two questions and they're going to be complete mirrors of each other. I would like to ask you one, why does this team surprise everyone and win nine games next year? And then I'm going to ask you, why does this team surprise everyone and only win six? And I'd like to hear both answers. I think it's comes to quarterback play. This no, no, both. but don't but don't answer them like together. Like just no, give I know, me but I, I but I legitimately way. think both goes to quarterback play. I like I think for to be two separate answers. I know that's not the not the answer you want, but if you're gonna win nine games, to me that means that wh- whoever's playing the quarterback quarterback position, whether it be Jordan Travis or maybe AJ Duffy, they're actually probably taking control of the offense and is able to actually showcase Norvell's playbook. The one thing that we've discussed, you know, ad nauseum since we started the show was that we do can we can definitely see the limitations right now with his offense because of the limitation of the passing threat and passing attack. Now, if we're able to do that, because Norvell, as much as you know we've languished him, his offenses of Memphis were super fun and great to watch. I mean, that's why I was called it built for playmakers. Now, if you surprise everyone and you only win six games, that also comes out of the quarterback. Whether it be Jordan Travis doesn't take the next step, or Jordan Travis, unfortunately, you know, as we've seen time and time again, misses some time, AJ Duffy isn't ready. And then we put Tay Romecker in. And I know people saw him in the spring game. I need to see live bullets flying to see actually how the kid looks out. So to me, no, Tate's overall, not good football. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you called him Jacob, Jacob Kovartek. You're, you're one more year away from that kind of being, seeing if we can actually be true. But overall, like to me, it comes down to quarterback play for it actually being surpassing us and actually being a good thing or possibly being a bad thing. So I don't think it's your quarterback play, although I agree that that will be significant. I think that your quarterback play is pretty much set in stone. And what I mean is when Jordan's healthy, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get 200-ish yards passing. You're going to get a decent completion. Are we percentage. sure about that? You only, you only broke that mar- yard mark four times. Yeah, yeah. But when he's fully healthy for a full game, you'll get about 200 yards. I mean, what was, what was totals last year? The only game he probably played a full game – and didn't was UNC, but he lit them up running and he was like nine for 11. So he didn't really need to throw a lot. So we were just beating them so badly. It was frankly embarrassing for them, but let's see. He had it against Florida 202. He missed part of that. And he had another hundred yards rushing that game. Uh, BC 251. Yeah. Miami 274. Clemson 176. UMass 123. UNC 145. Syracuse 131. Wake 107. And then Notre Dame 130. 
Okay, so trying to remember back. So so Notre Dame, he didn't play the whole game because we just decided to put, you know, I captain. That was, the, that was the last, what, 10? Last, what, only two series? No, we, we gave Milton like two or three full series, yeah. I mean, you only get 14 in a football game, so that's a seventh of the series you give to Milton at, at minimum. is probably more like a sixth or a fifth. I mean, that's a significant. So multiply his, what do you have, 176, you said, or 140? I forget which game was which. How many do you have against Notre Dame? He had 130. 130. Okay. So you jumped that by 20%. Then you're up 26. So you're at 150. Yeah. So he's kind of low there. Um, and then you go to UNC. He ran all over him and his completion percentage was disgusting. Syracuse, he had what, 85 yards rushing against Syracuse, maybe more. He had 113. Jesus. Okay. So I remember most is, of the most of that was the, I think it was what, a 33 like a yard s- run at the end? No, well, 33. Yeah. But he's still, but that's also not sack adjusted. My man went down the backfield quite a bit. So, uh, my, my point is you kind of know what you're going to get at quarterback. It's just how much of it are you going to get? Because you're worried about his health where I think it really is going to matter is what does the defense look like? I think that you're going to get a 10 win team here. Maybe, maybe not 10, maybe nine win team here. If the defense really steps up because you have guys in the secondary, like you've got a Marion Cooper's in the secondary, you've got what we're hearing about Zaria Thomas is in the secondary. You've got potentially a healthy Renardo green at cornerback, right? We're hearing rumblings about Akeem Dent, but you know, you've got some dudes at safety back there and like you got some dudes at all at defensive line too. You know, you got some depth at linebacker finally. So if that defense can really stifle folks, and again, we're talking about the ACC guys, you're not playing in the Pac-12 with like these high-flying, light-you-up offenses. I mean, you got some good quarterbacks, but you also have some piss-poor run games. And you got some offenses that just aren't complete. And I think if the defense can really take a step forward, that's how you see nine games. I can't I believe. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I can't believe I'm about to say this. But I think the defense is probably the one of the least things I'm worried about heading into next year, primarily because we saw the consistency basically from towards the last half of the Louisville game all the way up until the end of the season. And it's one of the few consistent things that we have. And also there's more of a proof of concept with the defense actually working overall. And now you have both Shannon and Fuller kind of working together. Maybe just maybe that kind of it pulls a little bit off Fuller's plate. He focuses more on the safety play where we have Jamie and Akeem Den, who both can be probably all-conference safety tandem together. So to me overall, like, we've seen the defense actually be good. We haven't seen this offense be consistently good for a long stretch, long period of time over several games at all since Norvell's been here. Yeah, but we, we've seen the decent defense be consistent, but I'm saying if they take the step forward is when you start to talk in that, like, 9-10 game realm. Like, I think that's really – I mean, I'm talking, like, next level, not – Oh, no, I, 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 get, no, I get what you're like saying, 15. but, like, to me, the defense already is good enough to keep you in the game. Just now you need to be able to actually score the points or score the extra three to four points to actually allow you to win that game. That's kind of where I'm – because I need to see the offense take that step forward. I agree that it would be nice if the offense did. I just don't think the offense is capable of taking a massive step forward because I think you're losing Jay Sean Corbin and you're going to make up with him a bit with Trey Benson and you have Trey Sean Ward, but you're not getting a net gain at running back. You're at best getting a net neutral. We've seen the new receivers now. And while I'm excited about their potential, I don't think they're going to be huge time game changers from day one. So I think for me, I'm saying realistically, if this team were to win nine games next year, it's going to have to be the defense that makes the big step because they're the ones that are capable of doing it. I think the offense is capable of making a step forward, but not a huge one. It's just going to be a matter of does Jordan stay healthier 
And does he give you, you know, 2,700 yards instead of 1,700? And that also will help. Not saying it won't. But I think if we're talking, sorry, 2,500 instead of 1,500. I'm saying if he gives you an extra 1,000 yards, that will help. But if you see a huge swing from five games up to nine, it's going to be the defense really took that big step forward and went from bim but don't break to shutting people down behind their 50. And let's not forget. Let's not forget, Drake, that the only reason we didn't beat Florida, now there's a lot of reasons we didn't beat Florida, but when the game was on the line and it was third and 27, this defense let them get a first down and eventually score a touchdown. So there is room for improvement, and there are games that this defense explicitly lost us. Don't let Notre Dame score a touchdown in overtime. Score a field goal. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Don't let them just sit there and run through. You're right. I'm sorry. And also, don't let Jacksonville State score a touchdown when they're in Hail Mary formation. Well, don't, don't, don't call anything else besides prevent defense. But if you look at the games that we lost, we lost to Florida by three. We lost to Clemson by 10. We lost to Wake. I'm not even the Wake game. That was just absurd. Well, don't got, Jackson, Jacksonville State. The only thing that kept the same 17. Clemson. Yeah, I'm about to say, but like, if you look at the scores for Jacksonville State, for Clemson, and Florida, we lost by a total of, looks like, I think 16 points out of three games by an average of about eight points for each one of those games. So to me, if the offense scores, even one touchdown, you win two more of those games and go seven to five. So to me, it's like if the offense takes even us, even not even a big step, just take a step forward and be prepared with this defense. You can actually, oh, push my projection from you should win eight to you should win nine. That's kind of where I'm going. Yeah, with but, my, but the difference math. is, and we can leave it at this, but the difference is the offense had to do several things differently to score those touchdowns you're talking about. Several things, right? The defense had to stop one third and 27 and one long freaking Hail Mary from Jacksonville State, and you automatically win two more games. So when I look at where am I going to get the most efficiency, the most bang for my buck, it's the defense really taking a step forward. So I think if we win nine games next year, if we're sitting here right now, we're nine and whatever. Let's say we win 10 with a bowl game just to make it sound good. We're 10 and three. We're going to say, man, that defense was something. I, I don't think we're going to be sitting here talking about a 10 and three team because of this massive jump forward with the offense. I think the offense will take a step forward. But if we make a massive jump in wins and losses, it's, it's going to be defense related. All I'm saying is if you are able on offense to change from going from third and eights to third and fours and third and threes, which was a majority, like a language thing that you and Dave have harped on for like not only last year, but the year before, then that that's probably enough to give us a, a bigger step with the offense to be on the field a lot more and also help the defense out and reach your goal of being better because they're not actually on the field as much and getting gassed out. I agree with you, but I'm not setting goals. I'm saying what's going to be the cause of it. And I don't think this offense is capable of getting third and sixes instead of third and nines because nothing has changed fundamentally on the offense. It's the same offensive line. They don't look much better. Watch them in the spring. It's the same dudes. It's I'm the same saying, running back. That's what I'm court. saying. That's why you asked me the just top of the question. That's why you asked the top of the question. What will make you win nine games? Better quarterback play and part no, of that. But, it goes okay, to so, that. so it was That's a misunderstanding of the question. It's not what could propel you to nine games. It's if we win nine, why was it? Like yeah, it's, it's and then to me, it'd be going to the root of the quarterback play. Have it improved, or if we don't win those games, has it languished to the point that basically there is no offense that we have once again? Because consistently the offense hasn't been good at all since Norvell's been here, or consistently been consistent at all. That's my point. Yeah, no, and, and look, there, there's there's a number of ways we could improve. There's a number of ways that we could. Oh, we, we can could point. Regress. We can point special teams too. But well, yeah, okay. uh, but no, 
But no, I, look, I, I do think this is going to be a better football team and, and I am excited to see what they do. And, and I want to look at like, you know, this realistically of this is the standard, but also what could they do? And I think that we're going to be doing that all offseason. So Drake, thanks for riding with me tonight, man. It is always a wonderful time here. That was Drake. I'm Max. And this was Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend. Or don't. Don't let him tell you what to do.